All right, this week on Top 5 with Joey Casada, we're doing our favorite Motley Crue songs, baby. Welcome to Top 5 with Joey Casada. Starring Joey Casada. Team Jesus, my friend. No! Am I walking around, Mark? Co-starring Ernie Palooza. And the doctor, Tommy Snyder. Goddamn. Now here's your host, Joey Casada. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Top 5. I'm your host, Joey Casada. And I'm Tommy Lee. Well, that's what my wife calls me. <laughs> Colleen, get in the picture right now. Where is she? Bring her over. Don't tell her I said that. <laughs> You're more like Pee Wee from Porky's. Oh, man. <laughs> Lovely. Thanks a lot. <clears throat> Don't worry. I'll, I'll edit that out. <laughs> if it's funny, keep it. Oh, I definitely won't. Trust me. What's happening, Ern? What's going on? Well, uh, I'm thinking maybe we'll uh, do some songs today. We're going to do some songs today. One of our, you know, what? this is one of my top bands, not my top five bands of all time, but this is a band I've always liked. Not maybe as much in the later years, but Motley Crue is always a, a, a big band of mine. You too or no? Not uh, in a long time, but if you would have asked me as a teenager, uh, definitely. Yeah, I'm the same way. I, early Motley Crue was very, very big for me. And you know, it, once you get past Dr. Feelgood, you know, things have changed. I don't even think I've heard an, a full Motley Crue that happened that <laughs> came out after Dr. Feelgood. So some of our picks might be uh, relatively the same then. Uh, maybe. So today, so, you know, we decided on this topic. And, you know, obviously I'm usually getting the Ernie rules shortly after we decide on the topic and I, I didn't get a text or an email or a smoke signal nothing <laughs> and i text ernie back i said earn rules today and what'd you write none none i was like I, even uh, maybe easy he, he he was either napping or in the middle of a steak dinner or something because you know there's always ernie rules why no rules today did they even have any hit singles i mean <laughs> yeah i mean i I mean, listen, I purposely left off a couple songs that really probably would have been in my in my top five just because they were really, not really big hits, but they were at least semi-hits. But I'm curious to see how you went. Very okay. curious. Why don't we start it? You ready? What? You, what? what? In the right place for that. <laughs> what do you out. got? Number five, Aaron. Number five. My number five. Uh... From 1987, the song Wild Side.
first heard the album Girls to the Third Power, I thought it was great. <laughs> it hasn't aged that well as an album for me. But at that time, Motley Crue could have done anything and I would have loved it. I was um, that type of fan. Just They could have farted in the microphone. I was wild Motley Crue, great. However, this song has their most intelligent lyrics. But uh, believe me, compared to the other stuff, that's not saying that much. <laughs> well, which which lyric is the intelligent lyric in Wild Side? Oh, there's, there's so much good stuff. Um, a lot of uh, religious imagery and uh, and being related to a hitman and everything. It, it's 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 interesting lyrically. Now, Wild Side, if there were any Ernie rules today, Wild Side to me, if if Crew had any hits. That was one of them. I'm not, I wouldn't call it a big hit, but it was, that was one of their you know, more popular songs, especially with the MTV generation and stuff, right? It, there was a music video, so it, it was a single. Right. It only three singles from that album. And it's one of them was banned. <laughs> uh, which one? Uh, You're All I Need. Why is it banned again? Uh, the music video was banned. It showed a, a murder in it. Really? Um, it was it was actors, of course, fake it, but you know, it was about the, the I think the boyfriend killed the girlfriend. And, and the song the song says that as well. And that was banned. You you see M you see any videos of people today? Oh, <laughs> things have changed. What what is it? WAP and <laughs> all these other videos? I thought WAP was a wireless access point. <laughs> it actually is. <laughs> No, but I agree with you with Girls, Girls, Girls. When Girls, Girls, Girls came out, I remember loving that record. Again, 1987, to me, was the year for my, you know, my peak in musical interest. 87, I was 13 years old. Everyone that I liked at that point, like you said, too, could do no wrong. So Motley Crue could have come out with anything at that point, and I would have loved it. But even looking back on it for today's episode, you know, kind of looking back at some songs and trying to figure out, which I really love, you're right. It, the whole album doesn't really live up to what I remember it being. It's crazy. Yeah. Sing on glass and stuff and five years dead. All yeah. Them, all I li- They're all throwaway songs. I listened to five years dead. I remember loving it. I listened to, to it today. I was like, eh. <laughs> all right. Not good start. Good start. My number five, I'm going to go off the debut album. And this is a record that I wasn't originally into. And I know you used to love this record from the get-go. This is not a record until I probably until Girls, Girls, Girls was out and I was a big Motley Crue fan that I really went back and gave it a chance because the production and the punky feel of it. And, you know, again, I'm into hair metal at that point. It was very punk-oriented, that record. Vince's voice is through the roof. The production is all over the place. So it was hard for me to get into this record until later. But once I was a big crew fan, of course, I went back, discovered the rest of their catalog and fell in love with this record like everyone else. I'm going to start with On With The Show.
interesting choice. 1981, Aaron? Um, it was released twice. Um, 81 was like on the, the independent label. Right, so it was 82 then, right? 82 was when it was released on, on a major label. Right. So this is, this is just a great song. It's you know it starts off really smooth and clean. That that melody kind of is what hooks me originally, and then it, it you know it almost really kicks into this punk type type chorus. It's just a fun upbeat song, and then it goes back down again. That record is I mean not that it's underrated because now it's really starting to get its due, especially with the Motley Crue Netflix movie The Dirt, and it featured so many of those songs. For years, people didn't really talk about this because Crew became popular from that, but it was so early, there was really no MTV yet. I don't think there were... Are there any videos off that record? Yeah, but they're only performance pieces. Right. So, you know, it wasn't really until Shout Out the Devil where Motley Crue became a, more of a household name on MTV and stuff. So this is not an underground record, but if, you don't, if you're don't, if you a later Motley Crue fan and you don't really know Too Fast for Love, go listen to it pre-immediately if if this was battleship uh, you actually sunk one one of my choices again so i know that makes you happy that's why i do the show every week Ern. out of all the songs out there we picked five and <laughs> one. well you always tried to copy my musical taste Ern. it's true i wrote about it extensively in my book so i'm not sure <laughs> what do you got number four uh, number four, as you said, my it's Too Fast for Love is my favorite Motley Crue album. And once again, if you would have approached me in the 80s, I would have put it in my top five albums by anybody. I love Too Fast for Love. And my number four is Livewire. song on the album it's my favorite crew, crew album but this song is like a rocket basically <laughs> um and how great when it slows down in the middle only to take off again immediately awesome you can never have enough cowbell and it's funny you say that because especially the cowbell on this record something about the cowbell the way it's mixed on this record it's so deep and in your face because there are a lot of cowbells on a lot of records that sound like horse shit. This cowbell is awesome. I agree. It's beautiful. But again, I got to tell you, Livewire, of course, is one of the best songs on the album, if not the best song. But Livewire and the song Too Fast for Love, to me, were the two bigger hits on that record. So I kind of stayed away from them just because I figured our listeners, who are very, just you know, very, very smart listeners from all over the world, Ernie. Yep. Subscribers, thank you. They they would know this stuff. So I tried to go a tiny, tiny bit, a little bit more obscure. Usually that's your job. Today you're going the easy route. Let's see. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at my other choices. Yeah, you're going to. There's only <laughs> one song that I think is truly not a hit coming up later. But yeah, I kind of yeah. 
I chose my favorite songs no matter it's what. It's funny because usually that it's probably an indication. If I don't get any Ernie rules, that means you're going with the hits or you're going with the more popular stuff anyway. Yep. All right. I'm going to go number four. So this one, I'm going to get shit on for this one because this is probably not really a great song, but it has special meaning to me. It's off Theater of Pain. No, that's bad already. And the song <laughs> is Louder Than Hell. my favorite songs on the on the record there's a people crap on this record it's a little bit underrated there's a handful of really good songs there's a handful of not good songs too but there's a really a couple great songs keep your eye in the money's really good louder than hell is really good there's a couple really good ones but louder than hell sticks out for me because it's one of the first songs i ever learned on the drums fully playing the drums all out as a real drummer it was that and the same, I think it was the same year or the same time I had both records anyway, Kiss's Animalized record, which was, and I learned the song Thrills in the Night. Those were the first two songs I ever learned on the drums fully as, you know, complete, you know, really playing the drums. So it always had a little special place in my heart, but it has, has a really great drum sound. It has a real Zeppelin-esque feel to it. I always love that song. I... I, I guess that's an interesting choice in that that song is like the only song on the album that was written way before oh. um, the theater paint. I, I don't know. I didn't know that. I think it was written for Shout of the Devil and it was called Hotter Than Hell at that time. It sounds like a, sh uh, a Shout at the Devil song. It really does. It has that slow, you know, groove feel to it. It sounds like it should be on Shout. Yeah, the only Theater of Pain song that I even considered was uh, Tonight We Need a Lover. <laughs> yeah, it's a good one. All right, what do you got, our number three? Uh, lovely little song, which I think is about a girl riding an escalator. Um, she goes down. I, you're right. I think that is, I did read that somewhere. That's what it's about. <laughs> this is the closest they ever got to ACDC. And I, I think it's the most interesting Vince Neil ever sounded on a record. What record is that on again? Feel good. Feel good. Yeah. Yeah. Dr. Feel good is another record when it came out. Oh my God. I love that record. 
I never find myself listening to it. I just don't. I never put it on. Every once in a while, if a song comes on, I won't, I won't necessarily skip it. But you ever put Dr. Feelgood on, the record? No, I no, <laughs> I haven't. Uh, the only Molly Corral I would ever put on in this generation of my life is Two Fists for Love, probably. But in that time period, Dr. Feelgood was my second favorite next to Two Fists for Love. Yeah, I loved it when it came out. It, it's weird to me. It, and there's not many records from that era. I know a lot of them, I guess people say, haven't aged well. Most records I still find myself going back to. The, those two crew records that we just said, Girls and Dr. Feelgood, I almost never go back to. And I don't know if because they were overplayed at that time or what, but like Cinderella Night Songs, I can listen to all day long. What an gr- amazing record. I can't put on, you know, same year, Dr. I can't put on Girls, Girls, Girls anymore. Can't put it on. It's funny. Uh, Bob Rock did uh, Dr. Feelgood right before he uh, worked with the Metallica Black Album. Yeah. And um, before the Black Album came out, and this seems incredible in retrospect, but a lot of people were like, it's going to suck because of Bob he's the Motley. He's the Motley Crue guy, right? Yeah. And people are going to say, it's going to sound like Motley Crue. And I remember uh, Lars Ulrich on um, on an interview. Does that mean if uh, Fleming Rumminson works with Motley Crue, they're going to sound like Metallica? <laughs> right. Good point. It's so stupid. And, you know, it, sonically, Dr. Feelgood sounds incredible. It sounds great. I think about half the songs on the album were hits. Yeah, that was a big record. And that was when Crue was, I guess, semi-sober at that point too, right? For a period of time, yeah. Yeah. You know, when I, I used to be such a snob, so I tried to say what the next hit would be. And um, Time for Change was my prediction, and it was probably the one song on the album that never became a hit. Speaking of sober, we've gotten some emails looking for the doctor. The doctor will be back. The doctor is a big, believe it or not, a big softball player. So he has softball all summer long. So it's hard for him to make the show between softball and drinks and Drinks and softball and more drinks. It's hard for him to make the show, but he'll be back. He'll don't worry. He'll be back. It's the only sport you can play while drinking at the same time. <laughs> well, he could play any sport drinking at the same time. <laughs> All right. Uh, what was that? Your number three? Correct. All right. So my number three is off of my favorite crew record, which is Shout at the Devil. Now, there's a lot of songs that could have gone with from this, but I'm gonna go with the very underrated 10 seconds to love. Always loved it. Love, love, love that song. Again, there's a couple clunkers on this record, but overall, this is a phenomenal record. Still holds up, for me, my favorite crew record. Slightly above Too Fast. 
What a what a filthy song, right? <laughs> oh, it's disgusting. But that's it's crew. Um, it's it's on my honorable mentions. Um, I got I remember singing along to this song. I kind of feel like when I would laugh at dirty jokes, just so no one would know that I really don't get the don't. joke. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I feel when I'm singing the lyrics of that song. Oh, I don't even know what he's talking about, but it's filthy. <laughs> Are you sure your wife calls you Tommy Lee? Okay, maybe I might have made that up a little bit. love it love the record again i could have went with a lot a lot of songs on this record i might have another one coming up but i left off some of the big ones all right what do you got our number two uh you said it before uh on with the show always a favorite of mine uh you mentioned the melody of the chorus um to me i find it so pop oriented where i'm a great great pop song you actually think that it was it's you heard it somewhere before agreed it immediately goes in your head because oh that song must have been written before and if it never was written before you know it's a great song if it does that to people um and that song i listened to the chorus when i was younger and i was like wow that's that's such a pop chorus uh, it's kind of like a power ballad to me too looking back yeah but before they really existed almost right yeah especially like you said the verses it's funny you said that about like a great pop song where you where you swear we've heard this before. So it happened to ZO2 once. So we were working on a song when we first got together. It was called 12 O'Clock. The, the, the demo, I believe, is in my audio book, if people want to go listen to it. But it, it was never released. And the reason why it was never released, we had a chorus, but then we had this other hook in the song that was so catchy that we were so positive that it was from another song. We thought it was like a Diana Ross song or Michael. We could not figure out what it was. And it was, we were so positive. Like you said, that it was, it was had to be another song. We were scared to release it because we didn't want to get sued or anything. So we, we legit never released it because we were sure this part of the whole song wasn't great, but this one part was really great. And we were positive that we ripped it off. We still have never really placed where it was from. That's why every band needs somebody like me. <laughs> yes, we needed we needed a musical encyclopedia like you. Yes, you're right. Where the hell are you? I should have been on the payroll. I think you might have been on the payroll. <laughs> All right, what do you got, Earn? Number oh, that was your number two. I'm up to my number two. All right, this we're going to go back again. I'm using the same records because I'm not going to go. I'm re- basically not going past Theater of Pain. One of my favorites off of Too Fast. Not again, I, I stayed away from Livewire and I stayed away from Too Fast for Love. Those are two amazing songs on my honorable mentions. They were just too on the nose for me. I wanted to go a little different. This is a song I think everyone either doesn't know or totally forgets about. And I hope you have it on your number one because it would be make me so happy. Starry Eyes.
Whoa. <laughs> oh, it's just so good. That was, I remember when I went from the later crew when I was a crew fan and I went back to Too Fast. That was the first song that I said, oh, okay, wait a second. I might like this record. Because usually on your first listen to a new record, you, you don't usually like it, but there's one song you like. And then maybe you like the song after that. And then maybe you start listening to the song before it. And then it spreads, it spreads like the plague. So Starry Eyes was my beginning of that record for me, of liking it. My beginning entry point to that album was counting the number of times he says merry go round and round. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> yeah. I um, thought I discovered something. Um, and this is, uh, this is me remembering almost 40 years ago. But I thought I remembered like some secret that Motley Crue had. Um, it only happens in the first two albums, so it turned out there was only two albums at the time, though. That the first song on side two always mentions the title of the first song on side one, and it happened in Too Fast for Love and with Shout at the Double Album. Really? What's the What's the first two? What's the song on the first side? The second side of of Too Fast? PC, your action. And he says what? He says live wire. And then the first song on side two of Shout at the Devil is Red Hot. And it's and one of the lyrics is Shout at the Devil. I never, I never, and but it stops. It doesn't happen at Theater and Payton? No. Interesting. I thought I was onto something once in my life. And I haven't thought about this for four decades till today. But how, how sick is it that, you know, you would sit in your room probably and listen to these records and stare at the record and you would listen to it so much that you could actually figure stuff like that out. Oh, it took me years of no friends. <laughs> oh my God. It's cr I miss it. I miss doing that. I miss studying records and learning everything there is to know about a record. I even miss weirdly side one and side two. Yeah. People listening are like, what are they talking about? What the hell side one? What, what do you, what do you, what do you flip your phone over? <laughs> But it's, it's, it, you know, side one and side two, it was a big deal. Like, okay, that was side one. That was, you know, that felt like a complete, you know, package. Now let's see what they do on side two. How much better than an album sound when it came with lyrics? Oh, God, of course. You, I would, I, the, a lot of Kiss records didn't, and I would stare at Kiss liner sheets, and I would read the stupid crew and the, the, engineers and the, the lighting guy i would read i would read every kind of credit you can ever imagine no lyrics and i still sing kiss as much as a kiss fan as i am i still sing kiss songs wrong because i i studied it the way i studied it as a kid i tried to memorize the words paul stanley and gene were singing i didn't know half the things they were saying when i was doing my uh research i was checking out some newer motley crew there's a new song hell on high wheels it's a very new recent, but it really does sound like Kiss. Really? Yeah. When you say very recent, what what record? One of the new, I, ta new tattoo, maybe. Okay. I heard that the Saints of Los Angeles is supposed to be a great record, but I never, unfortunately, I never gave it a chance. Maybe I will. I don't see that happening. There's not many of my old bands that I still listen to new music from. There's a couple. Kiss. And I hated their last two records. I, I'll admit it here. Did not I? Well, I hated their last record, the one before that I liked. Sonic Boom, I liked. I listened to Striper. 
most of the striper stuff that comes out i still enjoy hit or miss but i still enjoy most of it and the other one is enough's enough with donnie i haven't really given this stuff with without donnie a chance that's about it i've been listening to donnie without enough's enough actually yeah if anything that's what i do too i listen to donnie's solo stuff before i would listen to enough's enough without him it's not the same true all right Ern, what do you got we're up to your number one Let, let's let's recap we got number five wild side number four live wire number three she goes down the escalator number two on with the show number one all right you're sitting down for this i'm down my number one absolute favorite Motley Crue song. It is from Dr. Feelgood. Ooh. Don't go away, mad. Just go away. <laughs> Seasons must change, separate paths, separate ways. If we blame it on anything, let's blame it on the way. I knew it all along. I had to write this song. Uh, I mean, this band, they never really took too many chances with song structure, but this one, totally different. This was their really, they really took a very experimental sound. It takes over two minutes just to get to the chorus. Um, it's such a great song, and it should have been their biggest hit. I know our our sometimes guest uh, host Billy would lo- always loves lyrics like this, right? Billy loves this type of stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's a good song. Obviously, a great lyric. <laughs> you know what? I I haven't given feel good a try in a long time. I gotta go next. My next road trip. My next time that I just can sit, which is very rare, just sit and listen to music. I got to put on Feel Good and Girls, Girls, Girls. I got to try it. I don't think you're going to be happy with Girls, Girls, Girls. Uh, really? You so, yeah. you know what? So Ernie and I have been discussing some some topics coming up. So there's some versus episodes I think we're going to be doing coming up where we, you know, we put five albums against five albums or maybe the first five against the next five. We're going we're gonna to be doing stuff like that soon. But that's something that I would like to start exploring too, like Motley, like Girls, Girls, Girls versus Doctor Feelgood. You know, what what are the top five songs from Girls? Top five songs from Feelgood, and then see which are better. Will the name of that show be First Five with Joey Casada? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> All right, we're up to my number one, which is obviously better than your number one. Always. Let's recap. Number five, on with the show. Number four, louder than hell. Number three, 10 seconds to love. Number two, starry eyes. My number one favorite Motley Crue song. And this this is probably my favorite without any of the hits. Doesn't matter what if I included everything or not. Too young to fall in love. You say Well, you're killing me 
shout out the devil yes it was a single technically it was a video but it's it's too good for me to leave off and it's still not up there with the bigger hits like dr feelgood like shout at the devil like even looks that kill who were which are all on my honorable mentions too young to fall in love is is to me the for, really forgotten amazing track off of that record that no one ever talks about ever what do you think of this one it's a good one. I mean, I remember uh, the doctor um, who was really into this song used to, uh, you know, uh, he was a bit of a bully. No. <laughs> and, uh, yep. And he would come uh, come around and sing dynamite and he would spit. <laughs> Is that when you punch him in the face? Uh, I, I don't want to bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> that's just a, a, that was just a incredible, it was luck. <laughs> it doesn't matter 40 years later it's a great story i'm sure he agrees this was a good one cruise a uh, cruise yeah i mean obviously they're one of the biggest bands ever but i i think they know sometimes they don't get their just due of actual songs sometimes they get more of their antics and their craziness and tommy lee stuff and vince neal stuff and all that craziness they also have incredible songs most groups are not really what they um, try to be in um, public. They are yeah. not, they're not quite as crazy in real life as they want to um, be. Motley sure. Crue is the opposite. They're even more, <laughs> they're even more insane than, than they, they let off. That scene, I mean, the dirt was, I actually enjoyed the dirt. I know a lot of people didn't like it because of timeline stuff. I, I thought it was really well done. I would have loved to seen it as, yeah, a five-part series episode. That way they can include more detail. But I thought they they captured the spirit of Motley Crue pretty well. The, the scene where they show the day in the life of from Tommy Lee's perspective on tour, when it's yeah. just like him going crazy and they Doc locks him to the bed at the end of the night. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was so incredible. You want to know what life on the road's really like? For me, every day was something like this. 5 p.m., phone rings, wake up, ah, remember nothing. 7.30 p.m., hang out backstage, drink, come back to life. Hey, Tom. Hey, what up, man? Meet record and radio creeps. Listen to a mask. You remember pissing on that cop car last night? Uh, no. 9.30 p.m. Showtime. Adrenaline kicks in. 10.30. Drum solo in a giant spinning steel cage. Wow! 6 a.m. Back at the hotel. Yeah. Completely shit-faced. Hey, food's ready! Oh. Oh, this is a nice place. Time to redecorate. Ugh. Yep, move the TV over here. No! What the fuck is wrong with you? Don't fucking come in here! Stop it! Fuck you, God! Next thing you know, get handcuffed to the bed by Doc. And it really sums up 
what every day in their life was when they were when they were Motley Crue. Yeah, it's a good scene. All right, what do you got? Some honorable mentions, Ern? Uh, well, I've been talking a lot about Doctor Feelgood. Um, kickstart my heart. Um, yeah. I think there's a there's a missed opportunity. Um, as you know, um, with Playground, I used to always in my head think I was part of the band and try to give uh advice. I think they really missed an opportunity at the very end of the song. He yells, okay, boys, let's rock the house. And I'm assuming they're embarrassed by that nowadays <laughs> that they said that. But anyway, when he yells that, the song takes off into metal territory. It becomes a metal song for like an instant. And then it immediately ends. And it was incredible for like an instant. And then they, for some reason, it ends immediately. They should have kept that going a little bit longer, that part at the end. You know what I I think of a great example is Paradise City. They that, did, yeah, the double yeah, time part at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Paradise City, they got they got it exactly right what I'm talking about. Kickstart my heart. It belongs at the end of that. And and they screwed it up, I think. I gotta go back and listen to the end. Obviously, it's a little different because Paradise City is pretty not mellow, but it's like a half time. It's slow in the beginning, and then it rocket ships at the end. Yeah. Kickstart my heart starts off like a rocket so i i gotta i can't picture the end of the song i gotta go back and listen it's right after he says the line um okay boys let's rock the house god they gotta be embarrassed by that jeez that they said <laughs> really that's the lyric after all these years they're embarrassed by well yeah well, good point that's true <laughs> yeah i had a couple of course you know the hits looks that kill is one of the best guitar riffs of all time to, for me best drum feels of all time too Fast for Love, the song is incredible. But the other big song on that record that I love, Public Enemy Number 1. Always loved it. That's the guy's going. Yeah. Great Good song. Cowbell. <laughs> and, and it's again, it's not just Cowbell. It's Cowbell on that record. Because, again, later years you hear other bands try Cowbell. Even early Kiss Cowbell is really good, but they try to recreate that on some of the newer records with Eric Singer, and he has this like little tinny cowbell. Tommy Lee's cowbell must be, must have been this big because you hear clonk, 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 clonk. It's it's so great. We could talk about two festivals all day. I, mean, I agree. I, I love come out and dance. I love take me to the top. Yeah, I think I think piece of your action is actually one of the best songs on the album. <laughs> take me to the top was always weird because it it like changes feel totally. I mean, they overdo the chorus, yeah. but otherwise it's a good song. And again, I, I think I, I would have to look back at like Spotify views and all that stuff, but I bet you that record got way more popular since the movie, The Dirt. I bet you a lot of people didn't know a lot of, a lot of those songs, but after The Dirt, when they heard all that stuff, I mean, just that scene with Livewire when they're first doing Livewire in the apartment, with the other guitar player, and then the, the, the girl is kind of watching them and, they, and Mick Mars starts playing. Ah, it's insane. It's great. That's my favorite scene from the movie. It's one of my favorite. It's it's it captures really again that that early stages of a really good band. It's 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 it was so well done. I just realized how much darker I just got in here. Yeah, what happened? <laughs> I don't know. Was it gonna storm or something? Yeah, the the storm is coming, Aaron. <laughs> you better go hide the ring. Hide in my hobbit hole. Hide the ring, Aaron. The dark one is coming. <laughs> <laughs> this is a good one. <laughs> Everyone, please keep sending your emails. We'd love to hear them. We very rarely get a chance to read them on the air, but I promise you we're going to start doing that. 
Uh, we also hit like a couple big historic numbers in our downloads. We've been getting a lot of downloads. Our YouTube numbers, believe it or not, are going down, but our downloads are going way up. So I don't know if that's a good thing or bad thing. Honestly, I don't care. I love doing the show. This is a great excuse for me and Ern to hang out, talk about all the stuff we love to talk about. Talk just, I mean, we don't get to see each other as much as we normally would, you know, without the pandemic and because we live far apart now. So I love just hanging out, talking. Viewers and fans, thank you so much for watching and supporting us. We appreciate it. Trust me. Please let us know some topics you guys want to hear. Let us know anything you want us to talk about. Give us some feedback on the episodes we're doing now. Tell us your Motley Crue's favorite songs. Uh, tell us something you want to hear in the future. Anything you want to talk about, Aaron? What are you, what are you thinking? Uh, well, the Motley Crue thing was a lot more fun than I thought it was going to be because I haven't listened to Motley Crue, and they're not one of my favorites anymore. I've kind of moved on, I guess. It's like I'm um, Solo Ozzy. In the 80s, Solo Ozzy was incredible. Now I look back, it doesn't really do it for me so much. And I know, I know this is going to really get you angry. Billy Joel is not as much a part of me either as it used to be. Well, you know. it looks like we're out of time, everybody. <laughs> I know you're not going to like that. It's funny, like doing this show, you're very, I'm always, oh my God, what do I want to listen to? Oh God, I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling. I never know what the hell to listen to. But doing this show, it gets me on a, a week-long kick of something. Two weeks ago when we did the Zeppelin episode, I'm a big Zeppelin fan, but I, I haven't just really binged them for a long time. I binged Zeppelin all week that week, and I was like, oh, my God, I missed so much. I missed some of this stuff. Same thing with Motley Crue this week. I'm going to be listening to Crue all week. I'm going to throw on Dr. Feelgood and Girls and all that stuff. That's what I love to do. I love to reminisce, talk about old stuff, listen to music we haven't got to listen to in a long time, dissect it with you, Mr. Uh, Mr. Music Machine. And it's always fun. It's just fun to kind of look back at TV shows, movies, all that stuff you you just haven't thought about in a while. Word. <laughs> all right, everyone. Send your emails to top5withjoeycasada at gmail.com. Get your top five T-shirts on Amazon.com. Just type in Joey Casada. All my merch will be up there. Joeylicious and Z-Rock and top five and all that stuff will be up there. All my books are up there. Start with a dream. Still available on Amazon. Number one bestseller on Amazon. Check it out. We will see you next week. Time for us to go home sweet home.